Hey, National Partners, welcome back to Travels by Clara podcast. I'm your host, Clara Timmons, and in today's podcast episode, I am super excited to share it with you. I will be interviewing Ranger Brenna Rodriguez. She is a super fun ranger. She currently works at White Sands National Park, and um, I got to meet her in 2017 at Great Basin, and um, she's really the reason that I have pursued my passion for the national parks and the reason I have um, started a podcast and started a YouTube channel and she's just a fantastic person. I had a ton of fun um, talking to her and kind of obsessing over national parks with her and uh, like this is the first episode in a series called Ranger Talk and in this series I'm going to have rangers and people um, interested in also interested in the national parks on my podcast and I'm going to interview them, and I'm going to just kind of talk national parks with them, and it's going to be super duper great, and I'm just super excited to kick it off with Ranger Brenna. Um, national, uh, park, national park rangers are really an essential key to the National Park Service's success, because most of the um, park rangers I've met in my travels have um, been excited to get excited with national parks about me, and they're interested in um passionate about preserving these amazing places and so it's really fun to just sit down and talk with one and so um yeah thank you so much for listening and why don't we go ahead and get into the actual interview hi Clara. hi how are you i'm great i'm super excited to um to be doing this with you for the people listening um uh, the po- on the podcast um me and ranger brenna actually have a little bit of history um about uh going back to 2017, I think it is, mm-hmm. when my family traveled to Great Basin and you did the night sky program. You led us on a, on a cave tour to, um, it's Lehman Caves, right? Yeah. Pronouncing that right? Yeah. Lehman Caves and um, everything. And you gave me, um, I asked you so many questions on that cave tour. I look back and I'm, I'm so sorry. That must have been a tad bit annoying. Not but, at all. But then you gave me the, um, I actually still have it. Um, then you gave me the um, cave scientist badge. That's awesome. And it, it's still one of my favorite badges to this day. And really you like walking with me to the visitor center after that tour and answering all my questions and everything. It really, like, you're really the ranger that has inspired me to hope, want to become a park ranger when I get a job things like that. So thank you. Thank you so much for taking your time out of that day and answering the questions. That's amazing. I mean, it's never annoying to meet anyone who's enthusiastic about the place we're trying to preserve. And that interaction with you has stuck with me. And a lot of people like yourself who have that enthusiasm are like nervous to to like interact with the park rangers that way. And that's all we want. It's what we get paid to do. And it's why we do it our jobs. That, that's great. But yeah, thank you again for that. Cause that, that has definitely stuck with me. So first I'd like to get on to some questions. Okay. So, um, how long have you been a park ranger? Well, I started as an intern park ranger in 2013. So I've been doing this job for about seven years, but I've only been in uniform for the last like two and a half years. Yeah. Um, you were an intern at Great Basin, weren't you, when I, when I met you and all that? I was. I was an intern there, two different internships consecutively for about mm-hmm. eight months. That, that's cool. Um, so 
Um, when did you know you wanted to become a park ranger? Hmm. I think, so I was, uh, I was a student in college. I was in my second year and I was studying abroad in Iceland. I lived there for a year. Okay. And while I lived there, I was doing glaciology research in the field at, um, it's a national park there, um, covered in glaciers, like huge outlet glaciers. It's, it's just hard to imagine the scope of them. And I was studying a lot of climate change at um, the same time. I was studying a lot of like the material that we were trying to communicate to the public. And I ended up talking to my family back home and they were like, trying to have this debate with me about like climate change and climate science. And I realized that there was this huge gap in how scientists gather information and how the public perceives how it's communicated. And that year was the year I realized I wanted to play some kind of part in kind of strengthening the link between science and science communication. That's, that's really cool. Um, Iceland, that's, that's a long way away. <laughs> that's really, that's really cool that you got to work on that and stuff. Um, yeah. um, over all the parks you have worked at, what is like your favorite fun fact? Ooh. I think my favorite fun fact right now, um, I'm working at White Sands National Park, which is the newest national park in the country. Yeah. Right now. And a lot of people see it as kind of a giant sandbox. And it is the largest gypsum sandbox in the solar system. And I think that's the coolest fun fact right now is just that there's nothing as big and the same consistency as our dune field in the solar system. And that, that's just crazy. That, that is crazy. Now, I, another little question I didn't, I don't think I wrote down. Um, when you're on break as a ranger and stuff at White Sands, do you ever just like go, I'm going to go sledding down, I'm, I'm going to go sledding down the sand dunes? I, I definitely have. That was like my favorite part when I've, I've been to White Sands twice. Oh. And um, uh, that sledding was, has been one of my favorite things to do. Cause it, it was like, you're sledding on sand. You don't, you don't see that very often. Right. And um, it's like so soft and cold. So it's almost like snow. Yeah. Unless you go in the middle of July, then it can <laughs> be pretty hot. Yes. Um, so you were talking about how you were studying in Iceland. Um, kind of going into that, like what, what kind of education did you get to become a park ranger for like people like me hoping to um, become a park ranger someday? Ooh. I majored in geology and I got a minor in outdoor adventure leadership, which all things being equal, I think was even, was equally important as my major or maybe even more important for this career. Wow, I didn't even know that was some, something you could minor in. That's awesome. Yeah, it's really cool. A lot of people kind of get sucked into the world of trip leading after that, or they go into like National Outdoor Leadership School, or um, there's so many different organizations that do wilderness therapy and stuff like that, but I wanted to use it to get into the Park Service. That, that's really, that, man, I'm learning all sorts of new things today. Um, <laughs> Okay, here's a fun question. Okay. If you could move to any national park with all expenses paid, what kind of park would, or what park would you choose? Like, Does it have to be a U.S. national park? It does not. 
I think if I was going to play fair and I was going to choose a, a National Park Service site, I would say I would love to work at the Gates to the Arctic National Park. I haven't been there. I've heard Me it's really either. cool, though. I have heard it is literally very cool. It's very far north in Alaska, and I've never been to Alaska. I haven't. Like, my family is trying to go to all 62 national parks before I graduate from high school, which <laughs> got, like, three-ish years now, I guess, um, but we're going to save the Alaska parks for last since they're so far away. Um, so working out white sands. Mm -hmm. Recently, I've seen a few articles about the fossilized footprints that were found in 2018. Have you seen those footprints? Have you been able not, to? Not in person. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Oh, no. um, I have been helping with a lot of the communication about those footprints just in like, you know, helping teams decide what goes on social media and stuff like that. But those footprints are in an area of the park that is um, beyond the public use area. Um, so even if, um, like, basically you have to be a researcher with a special permit to go out there. And in a normal year, I might be able to go out with some of our um, park researchers, but things have been so crazy this year. Yeah. We've really been trying not to like ride in cars with other people or ride in UTVs with other people and just like keep it really safe and solo. Yeah, um, I just, I thought, I read that article that was posted on the White Sands social media and I thought, I thought yeah. that was so cool that I've been there twice and I have never heard of those. And they just found out all that research about it. What is your favorite thing about working with the National Park Service as a ranger? Ooh. I think that the access to resources both for like for the park's behalf and on the visitor's behalf is what I like the most about this agency because I've worked with state agencies before and I've worked with um, as a partner with the Forest Service before and I just have to say being with the National Park Service has provided me even more opportunities than other public land agencies I've worked for. That, that's cool. Um, yeah, so, um, okay. I don't know, my thoughts are all scrambled right now. I'm, I'm sorry. Um, so, so what do you think would happen if your job never existed with the National Park Service? Like, you've talked a lot about wanting to be that communication between, um, like, science and the science community and things like that. Um, yeah. What do you think would have, what would happen if there just weren't any rangers around? Ooh, like no park rangers at all, not just like yeah. different kinds of park rangers. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of different futures I could see. I mean, you know, on the one hand, a lot of indigenous populations have been preserving their, you know, community land without necessarily like a park ranger structure in place and have done that successfully for thousands of years, you know, since time immemorial. So on the other hand, you know, during the last long national parks shutdown or the government shutdown in what, January of 2018 mm -hmm. or 19, I don't know, relatively recently, mm -hmm. um, time is, you know, mm -hmm. yes. stretching out indefinitely. Um, during that shutdown, when there were no park rangers available or allowed to be on site at their parks, but the parks were left open, you know, people went to Joshua Tree and 
off-roaded in delicate areas and cut down trees. So I think with the structure that is in place in our public lands currently, if, you know, next year it was just decided there were no more park rangers, uh, I think that, uh, I think that maybe people would go a little bit crazy with the resources. Yeah, I mean, like, that's, that's the whole point of the national parks is to protect it, but just saying it's a national park definitely still hasn't even stopped some people from destroying things like that's why those that's probably why those footprints aren't open to the public at the moment because they want to preserve those and everything so i want to talk a little bit about great basin and um the work you did there um so your cave tour was fantastic by the way i still very much remember that um and I asked so many questions. Yeah. Um, and then your night sky tour, or not tour, but like your presentation that you did and everything, that, mm -hmm. that was fantastic. I mean, like the whole, the giant telescope things, yeah. you just punched in numbers and they moved. Like, that was so cool. What, like, did you have to have like any like training for that? Or did you, did they just kind of go make a PowerPoint and do awesome <laughs> stuff? Like how, like how did, how did that kind of presentation come together in a sense? Like, yeah. Well, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll give you another little Iceland story. So okay. uh, in my second semester when I was studying there, I got to attend a, a an astrobiology class. So the title of the class was Life in the Universe, and it immediately caught my attention. And it was a graduate class, so there were just a lot of really amazing international um, students, international scientists who wanted to be in that course together. And um, I could not help but fall in love with the, the material. I was already fascinated with Earth, you know, as a yeah. concept, but uh, really using my previous background to investigate, you know, using rocks to determine how maybe life started in the universe mm -hmm. is my favorite thing. So my um, supervisor at Great Basin knew that about me and that's part of why she brought me on as a night sky intern there. So I already had a little bit of training, but in terms of the telescopes and stuff, it was just, you, you know, trial by fire. I learned how to set up the telescopes while giving programs and uh, they're computerized. So yeah. they're the easiest form of telescope to learn how to use for a beginner. Cause you just have mm -hmm. to learn how to like put the pieces together and yeah. you can explore all the different um, catalogs of, of space phenomena through computers. It's, you yeah. know, almost foolproof, but I have learned since then how to operate telescopes that are not computerized. And that has been, Awesome, but you really have to, if you're gonna train yourself in, in really how to navigate the night sky, you gotta start with your hands. And that sounds crazy, but that's the, that's the most, um, it's, it's a very strong foundational way uh, to navigate the night sky because people have been doing it since humans have existed on Earth. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's, really, that's really cool. So I, I would have thought that there was like this whole, like the, the telescopes as a fifth, greater I guess those really those really caught my eye and your presentation um the, the way you gave it definitely made me kind of sit back go whoa I feel short now the universe is giant <laughs> but yeah um so white sands is not a national dark sky is it the not yet, uh, not yet. okay um so uh, oh I've got a good question okay so um 
uh, Monday on my YouTube channel, I talked about the different kind of designations of a um, National Park Service site or unit. And um, there's a lot of research that I had to do for that. Um, it's, yes. it's simple yet very complex on how they name these places. Um, right. But um, the past two times I've been to White Sands, it was a national monument. Right. And as you said, it's new, the newest national park. Um, what I think I asked you about the whole designation thing Mm -hmm. When I asked you questions about White Sands like a year ago, um, but uh, what kind of, like what, so what, um, let me think here, uh, what obvious changes have been, have happened at White Sands due to the monument turning into the park? Um, has it um, brought in more vid visitors? Have funding-wise, has that changed? Um, yeah. Those are really good questions. In fact, those are questions that we even ask ourselves internally. So I'll just give a little backstory that the process of changing um, from like the, the difference between a national monument and a national park is twofold. Um, national monuments can be designated two ways. They can be designated by a sitting president through the authority of the Antiquities Act, or they can be designated by an act of Congress, whereas a national park can only be designated by an act of Congress. So the other fold of the twofold concept there is that um, normally national monuments are designated to protect maybe one critical resource, whereas national parks are typically designated to protect many critical resources. And so in the process of recognizing that White Sands is more than just a sandbox and does have not just one critical resource, but like 10 um, or more, of course, that, uh, you know, there needs to be more research done. So it has brought in a lot of research and it's brought in a lot more visitors, um, even like we were closed for three months. We were closed um, all the way through the spring and then we reopened in late June. And since then we have had the busiest October in the history of this piece of public land. Wow. So it has brought in, even with such a weird year, it's brought in so many more visitors. But the backside of that is we do not get additional funding just because of the name change. Um, and we don't get additional like staffing allowances. Um, so there is a funny challenge there in that we get so much more attention, but we're not necessarily um, always prepared in all ways for the kind of like fame that that brings. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, ba so basically, um, it's brought in a lot more people. Um, it's brought in a lot more research, and uh, everyone is tired of being stuck inside and wanted to go somewhere awesome. Exactly. <laughs> That's great. Um, what am I going to say next? Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry. Um, so. Um, is there anything, like, you've said, um, like, multiple times that White Sands is more than just a sandbox, and um, these parks, even though they may be named for something, can have multiple different awesome things going for them. Uh, is there anything that you, anything else that you would like visitors like me to know before I visit a national park? Like, not, like, not a park ranger pet peeve, but, like, what is something that, like, you would like visitors to know like hey before you come here just make sure yeah something like that Ooh. i think that um one thing i have been encouraging people to think about on all of the programs i was giving before covid 
um, I'm learning a new style of programming. I want to put that out there. We're, we're learning that um, we are more successful in keeping these places relevant if we spend less time telling people why these places are so cool and spend more time asking people what they see in these cool places. So um, what I have, uh, what I would love people to really think about is that our idea of a lot of these nature-based parks is that they're wild and that they, um, their most natural state of existence is um, without people or the influence of people. And I used to really think about that a lot and in a, in a much more like simplistic understanding, but now I really understand more the fact that these places have been touched by humans for like 14,000 years. And that anytime we are in these national parks or in public lands at all, we're in someone's homeland. Um, we might even be in our own homeland. And I think that um, it brings a degree of, um, I don't know, respect to um, come into those places remembering that. Yeah. So this is a question I want to know. What's your opinion on the Junior Ranger program and oh, all that? It's great. I wish I had been encouraged to do it when I was a kid, but the places where my, my mom and I recreated when I was small just didn't really push those programs. And um, we had a lot of state parks near my home and small mountains. So I spent a lot of time just goofing off in the woods and I would, I wish there had been free stuff for me <laughs> to capitalize on, you know? But yeah. I, like from a park ranger perspective, I see this as one of the only ways where we can speak directly to the future of the park. Like you are the future of these parks. Um, and for, for us to have that direct line of communication is so, it's so fun and it's also really meaningful. Yeah, I mean like uh, you like, as an example, you with giving me that cave scientist badge, that helped me remember how you, how you um, gave me that attention and were interested in my questions. And so now you, you like basically you inspired me to continue going to the parks and continuing to um, have a podcast and a YouTube channel promoting the parks and helping people protect them. Um, right. Since then with the Junior, junior Ranger program, I have filled out this hat. Nice. Um, and all that. And then I also have um, the vest. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. Which is great. And all Whoa. that. And so, yeah, so like, yeah, um, that's a good answer. <laughs> um, yeah, do you have anything that you would like to share with listeners and anything? Mm -hmm. Well, I'm mostly, I'm curious about you. What is the park you've been to the most recently? The park I went to the most recently was Gateway Arch National Park, actually, or um, whatever it was called before it was a park. It was, it was the 60th, 60th park, I think, designated. Um, it's definitely an interesting national park because, like, as you said earlier, um, the, like, national parks have multiple resources to offer, um, yep. and Gateway Arch is the St. Louis Arch, really. Um, it's, it, it doesn't have a lot of history and a lot of resources or no, it has a lot of history, um, but not a lot of resources. Yeah. I'm also terrified of elevators. And so that was interesting. Um, there's a picture 
um, we are in the little elevator thing, and I just have terror in my eyes. Um, but I've, but you know, I've kayaked where crocodiles swim in the Everglades, so it was I, I survived um, <laughs> and everything. Um, but it's definitely it was definitely an interesting park because, like, I understood why it's protected, but why it's a natural park, I'm still not quite sure. Sounds like you got to go back and uh, sift through some of those secrets. Yeah. Now, here's another question for you. How far along are you in your mission to visit all of the big MP national parks? Uh, 20, Gateway Arch was the 25th park out of 62. And so in the next like three years, we've got a long way to go. But <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'll take a break in between high school and college just to get those extra ones in. And everything but we also go to monuments as well and so we've been to I want to say over 100 but probably pretty close to national park units whoa you know they just added two more so I know. <laughs> so it's just gonna keep on growing you gotta catch up yeah um uh, there's 422 units right now yeah like they're adding a new one every week it's it's kind of <laughs> like okay it's like okay national park service you're you're protecting places but slow down a bit. I'm, I'm trying to get everywhere um, and everything. Do you have one that you're like really excited to see in the next few years? In the next few years, um, we're going to hope, hopefully, going to Yellowstone next <sighs> year. And so hopefully we'll be able to like have fun there. And that's one, that, I feel like that's one of the major parks that you hear most people like really talk about and the most documentaries yep. are on, things like that. And that'll be really fun. Um, I don't know, I'm, I'm excited to go to the Alaska parks, because some of those, there's places that humans legitimately haven't even been on, because it's so big and cold, um, <laughs> everything. But Do you like the cold weather? I don't know, I'm from Oklahoma, and so we don't really have a cold or hot, we've got humid and yeah. everything, but I, I don't mind it. Now, if we're camping in the cold, I definitely right. do mind it. Um, <laughs> Uh, I, one of my favorite experiences, we went to camp at White Sands, actually, and it was with my cousins and everything, and we got yeah. this group site and everything, and we were, like, basically locked in the park at yep. night, yep. and we got up and started sliding down sl sand dunes at, like, 12 in the morning, <laughs> so that, that was fun. Um, here, what's your favorite national park? Ooh, you know I'm going to say Great Basin. You already know. I mean, nothing, um, I, I've seen a lot of incredible places, and I have a big heart, and so there's room for all of those places. However, I have never been touched by a place quite like Great Basin has touched me and changed me. There is just a serenity in existing there and like yeah. being inside of a cave or being, yeah. you know, above 11,000 feet in the middle of the night or standing, you know, standing on Stella Lake when it's frozen or looking at petroglyphs that you know are unfathomably old to me like mm -hmm. and I took my mom there last year I don't think I um mentioned it but I I finally she hasn't she doesn't have a very flexible lifestyle so I have not gotten her to visit me in a lot of the cool places I've lived but she finally got to visit um Great Basin with me for almost a week and she immediately fell in love and I was just like we're related, we're the same person, <laughs> yes. Um, so I felt, I felt very justified in my love for that place. Yeah, 
Great Basin, Great Basin definitely is something. I mean, like, we, um, we are hiking up to the Clear Lakes, yeah. like the two, like, Chris, I forgot their names, but the two Crystal Clear Lakes, mm -hmm. and my family and I, we were just, you know, enjoying, like, it's like this oasis in the middle of the desert, really and is. so we were, we were walking, um, up the trail, and, um, we, um, created this little song about what we were going to do. It's like, it, it, I'm not the best singer, but it was like, we're the Timmins and we're outdoorsy. Our kids are very noisy as we walk <laughs> along the trail, scaring off all the deer. We're going to go see a cave. Oh, why couldn't this trail have been paved? But first we're going to see a lake that's crystal clear. You remember the whole song? I remember the whole song. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, it was, it, it's a catchy song. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, Great Basin definitely, definitely is one of those parks that it's like, it has so much to offer, um, yeah. and they all obviously have um, a really good taste in hiring park rangers um, and things like that. Um, I, someone broke my heart once. Uh, several different people broke my heart at that park, um, and I understood their frustration. They were just visitors who wanted to see the cave, mm -hmm. and um, then they, like, I just happened to meet these visitors at White Sands and I would mention Great Basin and be like, oh, that's a terrible park. I drove all the way there and I didn't get in the cave and so it wasn't worth it. I was just like, oh, you didn't want to see anything else? <laughs> there, there's more than just the cave. Right. I mean, like, in the cave, um, the guy that owned it, he, like, as you taught me, he not, he, like, let, if you can break it, you can take it. And so it's not, it's, it's still an extraordinary cave, but there's, it's not like formation wise, it's not like something like Carlsbad where you definitely need to get into the cave because there's, there's definitely so much more than just the cave there. Um, yeah, I don't really want, I don't want to waste your time or anything, You're but, uh, thank you so much for joining me on this. Um, I don't, I don't really have any other questions really um that i'll probably think of some later and be like dang it <laughs> but um yeah thank you once again for being like an awesome ranger thank you for being once again so passionate and it's been super fun talking to you um so. well if you ever want to touch base i'm always around that's that's great to know i'm so glad that i was able to keep touch with you um yeah. when i e when i emailed you about white sands i was like brenna where have I heard that name before? <laughs> yeah, so it's definitely a small world. Yes, it's a small but, world that's getting bigger every day. So yes. really glad that, I don't know, I'm glad that in the, the big world of people who love these places, you found me again. Yeah, I'm glad that you weren't annoyed with me. Not at all. And uh, really, don't ever lose that inquisitiveness because that's that's how you, you know, that's how you figure these places out. That's how you find out these essential secrets, you know, that keep you caring for these places. Thank you. And you never lose that as well, because it's, you're just a fun person to talk to. Thank you so much for joining me on my podcast, YouTube channel, wherever I put this. Um, sure. and I know, I know it will be great. And I hope people get excited, um, just as you and I are about the parks when they see us. So, um, thank you so much. 
Thank you guys so much for watching this episode of Travels by Clara in the series Ranger Talk. Um, thank you so much to Ranger Brenna Rodriguez for sitting down with me and having these interesting conversations. Also, shout out to my Aunt Kelly for helping me edit this podcast because I had never kind of, I've never been able to take a Zoom call and turn it into a podcast. So that was something very new to me and I got very frustrated, but my Aunt Kelly was able to kind of swoop in and save the day. So thank you for Thank you for that. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope that you check out my social medias for awesome national park content I post on there. And check out my YouTube channel, because I recently did a video um, and included some of this uh, interview with my All About Great Basin video. So, uh, yeah, park on. Junior Ranger Claire out. Have a fantastic day.